Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 2, Episode 60, and I didn't plan on talking basketball today, but with some of the news dropping lately, I thought I would touch on basketball a little bit more and also start talking some spring football as well for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, first and foremost, Keegan Murray announced he's entering the NBA draft. No surprise here. We all expected it. Um, Many thought it would even be a really bad move for him to come back to the University of Iowa. And, And I agree. When you think about what the NBA is today and his opportunity at being a top 10 draft pick, maybe even top five in Keegan's case, that just means a whole lot of money. And if a team from the NBA is willing to invest that much money in someone, that means they have the potential to be a really good player in the NBA. We're talking a potential superstar in the NBA. And passing up the opportunity to live out the dream of playing in the NBA just doesn't make sense at this point when you're that highly regarded by those NBA teams. Well, Keegan had nothing more to prove in college. That list of awards that he either was a finalist for or won this year, somebody posted that on social media. It had to be 20 different awards. Just amazing what he has done. And, you know, sure, it would be great to see him come back, go on a run in the NCAA tournament, but nothing is guaranteed there. And, you know, as we've seen over the last couple of years where the Hawkeyes, we thought were going to potentially make a run, bad matchup one year, bad three-point shooting the next year, and it's one and done. So with no guarantees, you know, no reason to come back for that. And there really isn't much that Keegan could do to help his NBA stock anymore by coming back for another year. So congratulations to Keegan Murray and go do big things in the NBA. Win some championships, become an all-NBA player, and, and make all of us Hawkeye fans really proud. And I'm sure he will, no matter what. He's a heck of a great guy. I really love his dad, his brother Chris as well. And we've been hearing... A little bit about Chris Murray potentially going to explore the draft. Kind of uh, makes me think of of Joe Wieskamp. He did that. Luca Garza did that. And those guys did come back and play at Iowa the next year. Uh, at least uh, Joe did you know, for his junior year and then Luca uh, for his junior and senior year. And I'm guessing that's what happens in Chris's case. And I really hope so. You know, it's great experience to get to work out with the teams and and hear from them what they want you to work on. And I really hope he comes back. I want to see what he can do in his junior year at Iowa. How big of a step can he take in his game? I, you know, I think he could average 17 to 20 points, maybe even more next year. After seeing what Keegan did, who knows? You know, Keegan averaged, what, 7.5 points as a, as a freshman, and then all the way up to 23 this year. And Chris averaged 10 points this season, and I think he's ready to make a jump. He's got to gain a little confidence, but I think he's going to do that. He's going to go into next season knowing that he is the go-to guy. He maybe actually will work himself into a first-round NBA draft with a big season at Iowa next year. And speaking of next year, a couple of Hawkeyes have entered the transfer portal. Not overly surprising when you dig into it a little bit. Uh, you know, the transfer portal is just such a huge thing anymore. Some teams have five, six guys that hit the transfer portal. Hawkeyes had a couple last year, brought one guy in from the portal. This year, a couple guys 
probably going to start uh, getting some offers out there to, to, to fill some shoes as well, dipping into the transfer portal. It's just the nature of it these days. Well, first off, Joe Toussaint, the junior point guard, he's leaving. He actually has two years remaining with that COVID year available, and Joe has been a good Hawkeye, and I know a lot of people were disappointed to see him leaving, but he's had opportunities to start for the Hawkeyes. He never could put together a full enough game to keep that starting job. In, in this past season, he started most of the year, at least the first half, and then Fran McCaffrey put him on the bench, moved Jordan Bohannon back to the one, brought Tony Perkins into the starting lineup, and Tony just blossomed in that starting lineup. You couldn't take him out. Uh, he's going to be a starter next year. And the Hawkeyes really went on a winning run. And Joe Toussaint, you know, give that kid a lot of credit. He never hung his head. He was great coming off the bench, playing 10 to 15 minutes a game. Some really inspired defense. He was getting steals. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty darn good passer. He led the team in assists this year and, and, you know, occasionally scoring the basketball too. But that's really been Joe's weakness is scoring the basketball. Not a great shooter, just 25.7% from three this season. Four points, two rebounds, three assists. He's a good free throw shooter, but hasn't shot over 30% from three during his career at Iowa in any of those three seasons. And if you have a point guard like that, you really want them to be able to get to the rim and score a lot of points, hit mid-range jumpers with high accuracy. Didn't really see that from Joe. Definitely would have been great to have him back next season as an option off the bench to provide that defensive spark, get some assists. But I don't blame him. You know, I, I'm assuming that he met with Fran McCaffrey after the season, said, am I starting next year? And Fran probably... I, I'm this is all conjecture on my point. I'm just guessing, but Fran probably would rather have Joe come off the bench, especially with freshman or incoming freshman for next season, Desante Bowen, a six-three guard who can score score in multiple ways. You know, coming in, I, I you know Joe would have been great to have coming off the bench. Uh, he didn't want that. I think he just wanted, you know, to get thirty plus minutes per game, and I think he can do that. You know, if he transfers to a little bit lower level basketball, still D1, of course, but I mean, not to the Big Ten level, uh, I think he can find a team and he can really run that team as a point guard and do some really good things. So I expect to see him maybe moving closer to home and maybe playing in a conference not quite as challenging as the Big Ten and being a really good contributor to that team. But I don't disrespect Joe at all. I think he was a great teammate. I think he liked the coaches. He just wanted more minutes. He didn't see where he was probably going to get a whole lot more minutes at Iowa with Tony Perkins back at the two, um, Aaron Eulis, DeSante Bowen coming in, Josh Dix, another incoming freshman. So, you know, my hat's off to him. I hope he can go somewhere and do some really good things as well. Well, also in the transfer portal is the big fella, Josh Ogundale. No real surprise there other than he got some pretty good minutes late in the season, but at 6'11", 265 pounds, he just couldn't sh seem to shed that extra weight. Some of that was reportedly due to illnesses, injuries, but he just didn't seem like a great fit for this fast-paced Fran McCaffrey offense without really slimming down, being able to run up and down the court, and then he really needed to refine his offensive skills as well. 
Well, in two seasons for the Hawkeyes, as a freshman, he averaged just over two minutes per game. This past season, five minutes per game, 1.5 points, one rebound. So not a whole lot of production that the Hawkeyes are losing there, not a whole lot of minutes. Uh, wish Josh the best. Hope he can, he can find somewhere where he can get some minutes if he's going to continue at the D1 level. Hopefully he can, he can get in good playing shape as well. Well, now for the Hawkeyes, that is four guys for sure gone from last year's team. Two incoming players, so the Hawkeyes need to be hitting that transfer portal. They're in on a big guy I saw, but a lot of competition there, Kentucky and others involved, so no need to get too excited at this point. You know, Fran, he's not a big transfer portal guy. He'll go get guys when there's a need. Bakari Evelyn a few years back. Philip Rebracha this past season, they needed a, a big guy. You know, he'd rather bring guys in, grow the culture with guys that are going to stick around for three or four years. But when you have guys leaving early, whether through the portal uh, or going to the NBA, it's time to look around, make sure the team has the depth that's needed. I'm hearing now that it sounds like Connor McCaffrey is going to come back, so that's going to provide some leadership, a lot of experience out there. Kind of another coach that's out on the court. And hopefully he'll be able to give the Hawkeyes a good 15, 17 minutes per game again this season if he does come back. Well, I'd like to see the Hawkeyes try to get another stretch four or five type player that can score inside and shoot from three. Now, everybody wants those guys. They're not easy to get, but the Hawkeyes have had so much success with these players of late. I think they can sell them on why they should come to Iowa. And the Hawkeyes also need a guard that can really fill it up from outside. At least I think they do. It would be good to have a guy that can shoot 40-plus percent from three per game for the season. Now, some of this depends on what Fran and the coaching staff really think about incoming freshman Josh Dix. He's coming off a really tough injury to his leg, a compound fracture. Will he be ready to go? It sounds like they really think he will, so maybe he can come right in and shoot. And then DeSante Bowen is another guy they're really high on. I think he's going to be an offensive threat, uh, shooting from three, getting to the, to the basket, getting to the rim. And then Euless and Perkins you know, will be getting a lot of minutes. But neither of those guys are great from three-point range. Hopefully, they can get better. They can continue to improve. Euless and Perkins, both about 33% three-point shooters. Hopefully, they can get that up into the, you know, at least the, the mid or upper 30s next season and and be more dangerous and, and having teams really have to go out and guard them. Well, Perkins was really, really cold in the middle part of the season. He had a crazy stretch of being one of 24 or something like that from three. Got a little bit hotter later in the season when he started getting that confidence and playing more minutes. So, you know, he may be, he may be a lot better from three next season. He just... I think he's going to come back and just be a really good player. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Hawkeyes want to do there in the guard position. And, you know, with Rebracha at the five, I thought maybe it would be a rotation next year with Ogundale and Mulvey coming in, getting some minutes. Now it just leaves Mulvey. We haven't seen enough of him to know if he's going to be able to play at this level. And he was supposed to be a senior in high school this year. He reclassified. It was good that the coaches have had a year to work with him so they know what they're getting. Um, but man, I think they're going to want someone to come in for at least one season at that five position, provide some depth, get in there and play a lot. 
in this next season along with Chris and Philip. Keegan played about 35 minutes, even more in close games last year. You know, so that's that's just a big hole that the Hawkeyes need to fill. Let's shift gears to football now and the Iowa Hawkeyes spring too deep was released recently. And not many surprises there, just some things to keep us all guessing. As Kirk Ferentz said, it means absolutely nothing at this point in the year. Well, players are competing for time in spring ball. And let's talk a little bit about what the Hawkeyes lost, what they have coming back in 2022. Today, I'm going to focus on the defense. And then coming up soon, I'll focus more on offense as well as special teams. Kirk Ferentz had a press conference. Some of the assistants have spoken to the press. The media was able to see maybe 30 minutes of a practice this past week as well. And so some things have been coming out about this team. Most of it pretty exciting, or as exciting as it can be during the spring. Well, starting on on defense, I really like this defensive line. Last year, the Hawkeyes lost some really good D linemen to the NFL. Ben Valkenberg was the only starter returning. That was a huge concern. Bill Parker had some good things to say about the defensive line going into the season last year. They just seemed too young. I was really concerned. Somehow, those young guys stepped up and did a really nice job. Give Ben Valkenberg credit for his leadership, for anchoring the right side of that line, making a lot of plays in the backfield. He led the team with 15 tackles for loss, really harassing running backs and quarterbacks. On the other side, it was more of a rotation. The undersized but really disruptive Joe Evans. He was in the backfield a lot. John Wagner had a nice season. And, you know, real quickly, I want to mention Kirk Ferentz mentioned John Wagner recently, and he said he is a totally different football player this year. Really interesting comment. I think they're expecting him to just be a beast for his senior year. The Dowling Catholic alum, he's on the current two deep. Uh, as the starter with Max Llewellyn backing him up, the Urbandale product. So it's an all Des Moines Metro team at left end. And you look at this D-line, two deep, seven of the eight players were on last year's two deep. So very experienced squad coming back this year. And the past several years, they'd lost so many guys to the NFL. It was like they were starting all over again. Kelvin Bell does one heck of a job coaching that defensive line. Well, lining up next to Wags is another senior, Noah Shannon. He got to start last year, played very well, so looking for a big senior campaign from him. Rotating with him will be one of the big surprises from last year, Lucas Van Ness. He played a lot of minutes as a redshirt freshman, very disruptive. He tied with Joe Evans for the lead in sacks with seven on the season. Junior Logan Lee, He got the starting nod at defensive tackle last year, and he's listed as the starter again this year with Y.A. Black listed as his backup, both with really valuable time last year. Should be really good in the middle of that defensive line. Joe Evans, at least for now, is listed at right guard, and hard to keep him off the field when you see him in the backfield all the time. Deontay Craig was a really good player last year as well. He, He had to sit out some games with injury, but another guy that I'm expecting big things out of. So every position now has a two-deep rotation of guys that I think they're really confident in. And I think that's why Kirk Ferentz felt he could move Logan Jones to the offense and compete for that open center position. 
You know, there was also Ethan Herkett from Cedar Rapids. He was another good-looking player last year before he got injured. And, you know, Iowa has a couple of guys, a couple of early enrollees in Caden Crawford and Brian Allen Jr. And, boy, also coming in is really dominant high school player, defensive lineman Aaron Graves. So the Hawkeyes look to be set on the defensive line for many years to come. Hawkeyes are also going to be really solid at the linebacker position in 2022. All three starting linebackers are coming back. Really good players led by Jack Campbell in the middle with well over 100 tackles last season. Seth Benson, the weak side linebacker, also had 100 tackles. At Leo, Justin Jacobs, he's just a really rangy athletic linebacker. He was you know, kind of a tall, long, thin guy when he came to Iowa. Highly regarded, and he's built his body up. And I'm hoping he's going to get more snaps this season. You know, the Leo position doesn't play as much, you know, with that cash position taking more snaps against spread offenses. But I think he can get some snaps at some of the other positions as well. And he's so good, I think they're just going to play him more. You know, they don't have Dane Belton back there to play cash anymore. Jay Higgins is behind Campbell. Hopefully he's going to get some more snaps this season to get him ready to take over the next season. Tyler Fisher backs up Benson. He's a former defensive back. He and Higgins are really good special teams contributors. You may recall the blocked punt return for a touchdown by Kyler against the Cornhuskers last year. Logan Klemp listed as the backup at the Leo. Be interesting to see if some of the younger guys rise up this year. You have Justice Sullivan, Jaden Harrell, for example. And then coming in this season, Jaden Montgomery, he's a legacy recruit. His dad's a coach for the Packers. Landon Van Kekricks. Mike Tim, by the way, was moved from linebacker to fullback next season to provide some depth at that position. He'll continue to contribute on special teams. Well, now let's talk about the Doughboys, the defensive backs under Phil Parker, 25 interceptions last year, leading all of college football at the FBS level, at least, in picks. And the defensive back of the year in the Big Ten was with the Hawkeyes once again. This time it was Riley Moss with the honor. And Moss returns for a COVID bonus year. Gone is Dane Belton, the true junior. He entered the NFL draft, looking to be the next Imani Hooker, Geno Stone type of guy to leave early, make an NFL roster. I like his chances with his ability to cover, stop the run. He ran well at the combine. I think some team is going to draft him for sure. And I think he's going he's gonna to stick. Well, also gone is Matt Hankins. He used his COVID year last season. He had some All-American awards last year. He got hurt late in the season. And I, I was surprised he didn't get a combine invite. He is a bit small for NFL. Hopefully he's packing on some weight and he's going to show a team that, that he can play corner at that next level. And then Jack Kerner, he's another guy who graduated. And I think he's going to be an NFL player. Really nice numbers at the Pro Day in Iowa City, and just overall a really solid football player. He's going to either be drafted late, or he's going to go somewhere as an undrafted free agent, and he's just going to wow those coaches, and he's going to make the team. So who's going to replace Belton at the cash position? Sebastian Castro is listed on the way too early too deep, and there's talk of Cooper DeGene getting some practice time at that position. Left corner is listed as Jamari Harris. 
he got better and better as the season wore on. He had just gotten thrown into the fire after Hankins got injured. And he looked really good in the bowl game. So he, he just kept improving. Cooper is listed as his backup. Quinn Schulte is listed at free safety with Jackson Rexroth as the backup. And will Xavier Wampa get some time in that position as well? Uh, with his, his talent, five-star guy coming in, who knows? I think he's going to be on special teams for sure to start the season. And I think he's going to maybe start working his way into the rotation a little bit. Kayvon Merriweather is listed as a strong safety starter. I think he's ready for a breakout season. He looked really good at times last year. Castro is listed as the backup there. Then Riley Moss with Terry Roberts as the backup at the other corner. You know, Kirk, Kirk Ferentz last year said Roberts was considered another starter when he took over. For an injured Moss, which is so unfortunate, he ended up getting injured as well. Had a bone bruise that lingered on the rest of the season. And Roberts is just a great gunner on that punt team. The ability to pin teams inside the 10-yard line and, and make open field tackles. Hawkeyes really missed him when he went down with injury. Reggie Bracey's another name we hear. Don't see him on the two deeps at this point. You know, there's some other guys, but the Hawkeyes signed five defensive backs in that 2022 class, really reloading in the secondary. Xavier Wampa, TJ Hall are early enrollees, and both those guys are getting some praise from the coaches. I think they may get into the rotation this season. They just appear to be really good already as really young players. So going to be interesting to see for sure. Well, that's all for today. Next time, I'm going to talk offense and special teams. There's a lot to talk about on offense, especially around that passing game. Who will be the quarterback? Can Brian Ferentz get it done coaching the quarterbacks? So a lot of storylines there. And some other fun ones. You know, really good players coming back at the skill positions. And what's Iowa going to do? On the offensive line, who's going to start? They really need to have a solid offensive line going into this next season. So thanks for joining me today, everyone, and go Hawks!